Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I hope the audio is okay. I told you on Tuesday that I was going on a mini odyssey through the south of France. I am on that odyssey. I'm currently in Marseille. The hotel that I'm staying in is in a really popular area, at least during the day. There's tons of cafes and foot traffic and just people everywhere. So it's a little noisy sometimes. So I hope the audio is all right. Like I can hear stuff. I don't know if the microphone, I have the good mic with me is picking it up. If it is, my bad. But there's not much I can do about it unless I record super, super, super late, which I don't want to do because then it'll be super, super late getting out to you. But Marseille is not what I expected, but good. Not bad, just not what I expected. This is my first time in the south of France. I think southern France and I think yachts. I think glamour. I think long money. I think exceptional beauty. Marseille does have yachts, plenty of yachts. My place is pretty close to the marina. I'm in like the major tourist district, but it's a very gritty kind of city. Remember when I got to Budapest and I was like, okay, like I didn't know what to expect, but here we are. Like I'm here for the spas, but we'll see whatever else is here. It's a very old city. It's literally the oldest city in France and you can see the age in it. It's not Disney-fied like Vienna, which is also a very old city. Remember I said Budapest and I was like, it could benefit from a power washing. Same here. The city has kept its original architecture, but it's just old. So there's a lot of dirt and grime built up. It's also covered in graffiti, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I like street art, but there's a difference, I think, between street art that is kind of welcomed and then also street art that's just, you know, spraying your name and -and so-and-so was here. I recognize that all is art. It's just subjective in whether you appreciate it or not. When I say it's graffiti everywhere, I mean like... What's the movie with the kids are in the Bronx and they need to get back to Brooklyn? It's like an odyssey. The kids are in the gang. The Warriors. There we go. Don't be mad at me that I had to look that up. The Warriors literally came out the year I was born. So you know what New York City looked like in the Warriors? That's what Marseille looks like. It's not bad. It's just like a lot of graffiti. And then, you know, the dirt and the grime. Like it's gritty. It's also beautiful. I took the bus one morning. There's a cathedral up on a hill and you can see it from because it's on a hill but you can see it from almost any point in Marseille and there's like a gold statue of the Virgin Mary carrying like holding Jesus on top of the cathedral it's a lot France is extra I took the bus up to the cathedral one morning and it's hot as hell here it's like New Orleans July type hot like it's just it's hot and it's humid so I try to get up super early and do as much as I can in the morning The views of this city are so, so beautiful. Once you get like above everything and you just look at the city, it's super huge. It's super packed. They take advantage of every inch of space available. And then it's got water and it's got mountains. It's a really gorgeous city. And they have a unique take on art. 
I have to go research exactly what this art form is because I've never seen it before. But the two main cathedrals here, and there are several, but the two main cathedrals in Marseille are striped. They're black and white or gray and white stripes on the inside and the outside. They have a striped design. And I've never seen that before. Stunning. Breathtaking. The design here is just out of this world. They also have a Butte Arts Museum. If you're not familiar, Butte Arts is this form of architecture. I think in France, it was 1800s. It didn't make it to America until like 1900s. New York has tons of it. But the idea was just like to beautify the city for the city's sake. Just make really beautiful, over-the-top, elaborate-ish, just so people can look at it and be like, damn, that's beautiful. They have a whole museum dedicated to it. It's painting, sculpture. I saw this monument. Apparently, Marseille at one point had really bad water, and they had to do this like marvel feat of engineering in order to get better water into the city. One of the other side effects of that is like there's tons of soap shops all over the city. Despite the grime in the city, personal hygiene, you could tell they take it very, very seriously because there's soap everywhere. Also, Marseille is not far from, I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures on Instagram, like the lavender fields. There's just fields and fields and fields of lavender, like all the lavender on earth is in these fields. They sell lavender everywhere. I haven't picked up any yet. I need to go get some. But soap shops and lavender all over the city. That's not the point. The point is marvel feat of engineering in order to get clean water into the city so people stop having diseases, people stop smelling, everyone can be kind of healthy again, at least not from basic preventable diseases due to bad water. So they built this monument in order to celebrate having clean water. It's like the most elaborate, beautiful, over-the-top shit. And you know I've seen a lot of shit. Like I've literally been around the world gorgeous. I walked up on it and my mouth dropped. I'll post pictures on social media when I get a chance. I'm just running all over the place and I haven't really had a chance to sit down and post like I used to. And this morning I woke up, well, let me back up. Yesterday I was searching for something. I don't remember what it was. I was searching for something in Marseille and I did this Google search and a picture of a Roman Colosseum came up. And I was like, why is this showing me Italy when I'm in France? Turns out there's a town, Arles, I'm pronouncing it like an American, A-R-L-E-S. It's an hour by train from here. I have a Europass specifically for France, so I can go anywhere in France for the next month. I was planning to do something else today, but I was like, oh, there's a Colosseum? You know, I didn't make it to Italy while I was over here, and it was really high on my bucket list. I just couldn't fit it in and give it the time that it deserved. It was really either come to the south of France or go to Italy, and I was like, Really, to be quite honest with you, I didn't feel like getting on a plane. So I was like, south of France it is. Plus, you remember I was supposed to go to Cannes earlier this year for Cannes Lion, and then my flight got canceled. And then I sat at the airport for 12 hours waiting for the next flight, and then that got canceled. Dilemma. So I really wanted to come to the south of France. But I woke up this morning. I went for my morning walk. I took the bus like 35 minutes away, and then I walked back from there. It was along the riverfront. There was tons of joggers going back and forth. This was like 7.30 a.m.? There was a beach with like hella people laid out. Some people looked like they just arrived for the morning. Some people looked like they might have been there overnight. And then there was like a very ferocious volleyball game going on. And I was like, yo, these people are very serious about this hot ass sun that you were up at 730 in the morning having a full out volleyball competition. Tiny beach. It wasn't even like a long stretch. Still not the point. Came back from my walk, got myself together, went down for breakfast and then plotted out this whole trip to Arles. 
it was like nine o'clock. The train station's like 15 minutes away. So I just walked to the train, got on it. And, you know, an hour later, I was in Arles looking at a Roman Colosseum. Apparently Rome occupied like everywhere. I knew they occupied the UK. I don't think I knew they occupied France, but did and built up a ton of shit that's still standing. I was reading the prompts when I was at the Colosseum and they were like, yeah, this was created in one BC. <laughs> it's like, what? Is this place like 2000 years old? Something like that. And still standing. I mean, some of it. I was watching a little video and they were like, this is what it used to look like. And they had to like fill in half of it with like CGI. But still, there's a lot of it standing where you can still look at it and be like, oh, okay. Here's the crazy part. They still use it. It used to be like a, a proper coliseum, like gladiators and the whole nine. And then in the 1800s, they started using it for bullfights. I don't know how I retain this kind of information. And they still use it for bullfights. The crazy thing is, I'll post pictures of this too. It's such like a hazard, like the whole thing. They've, I wouldn't say modernized it. They've made it safer and they filled in gaps in places where it's fallen apart. But it's still like no place in the U.S. would ever let people inside. I don't think they'd even let people inside for a tour. It's such a lawsuit waiting to happen. I was walking around and like, I'm being careful because I don't want to like bust my ass. But I was like, this could never exist in the U.S. There were so many places that you could trip or fall or take a tumble and just like go straight down. The steps are super high and super tiny. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand how this place exists. Like, I mean, I'm glad it does, but I don't understand it. But the town was so cute. It was, I'm trying to think of a movie where somebody's wandering around the south of France and you just get a sense that like they're in this like small, sweet French town. All the movies I can think of about France are based in Paris. I got to look into that. I'll post pictures of this too. But it's like the sweetest, cutest, most historical place. Like it was just, it was lovely. It was totally a 10 day. I've been having a lot of those lately, which I'm very thankful for. But yeah, it was a good day. I literally walked around for four hours taking pictures and seeing sights. Van Gogh lived there for a few years. Van Gogh, Starry Night. Van Gogh cut off his ear in this town and then went to the hospital and stayed there a couple times while he was recovering from his ear surgery. And now the hospital has been turned into like a Van Gogh park. So you could go and like, see the hospital and actually like experience like it has eateries in the whole nine yards like you can like sit in it, it has a beautiful garden but you can go like you know like oh okay like this is where van gogh went when he cut off his ear and then there's like the van gogh foundation which has like a ton of artwork and then there's a the van gogh cafe it wasn't open when i went because i really wanted to have a sip it's really cute but the joy of the cafe is that Van Gogh used to hang out there and being the painter that he was, he painted the cafe and the cafe still looks like Van Gogh paintings. From what I read, I have to go find this painting of this cafe and compare it to what I saw and took pictures of. Such great history. There was a Roman bath. You know how I feel about my ruins. It didn't have water and all of that, like the Roman bath in London, but you could also just walk in this one and really just, you know, get up in there and experience it. It wasn't that big, but you know I am about ruins. A half-standing structure, especially one made out of brick, does it for me. It just, it just does. Ah, you can hear the joy in my voice. Like, I'm very excited. Like, I was a little nervous about this trip just because I'm so enamored with Paris. And I'm like, well, what if I miss this? And what if I miss that? And what if I don't get a chance to blah, blah, blah. 
But so far, so good. Nothing is matching my expectations, but everything is exceeding it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What do we have on our list of things to talk about this week? We're definitely going to talk about that Sex in the City, a.k.a. and just like that finale. Oh, one thing. <laughs> Last episode, I was like, I was introduced to Ron Cephas Jones as William from This Is Us. And that's where I fell in love with him. And a bunch of people wrote in and was like, no, you know him. You know him from Paid in Full. And I was like, William wasn't in no Paid in Full. I've seen Paid in Full a million times. I'm low-key obsessed with Wood Harris. I don't know if y'all know that. He selects roles where he has amazing one-liners. You know how sometimes I talk about a guy, especially when we do snack ministry, I'd be like, that's a balanced breakfast right there. It's a Wood Harris line from Creed, Creed 2. But whether it's The Wire or Paid in Full or The Manager and New Edition, I just love me some Wood Harris. I don't see him enough. I think he's picky about his roles. I don't think it's lack of Hollywood interest. I think he just don't do no dumb shit. Also in real life, he's like what in the 90s and 2000s we would call a backpacker. Like he does poetry and wears knitted hats and shit. <laughs> Which in my heart of hearts, I don't even know if that's a secret anymore, is kind of what I am. Not the poetry part, but like the backpacker type shit. Like mm, not dirty backpacker, like cute backpacker, but backpacker nonetheless. If you know me, know me, I can be real earthy, crunchy sometimes. One of my friends used to make fun of me. We would travel a lot together. And she was like, you get real backpackery on vacation. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? And she was like, you know, you just get real like, you know, free people anthropology. <laughs> Literally, you be eating trail mix and nuts and berries. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with trail mix? And she's like, nothing. It's just not, I think, what people associate with you. And I was like, is it not? Like, you've known me forever. And she was like, yeah, that's why I'm thrown off. I have many sides. I don't think you have to choose just one. That's not the point. The point is, I was like, William wasn't in Paid in Full. I've seen Paid in Full a million times. I could quote you most of Paid in Full. I could probably tell you what happened scene by scene. I love that movie. Don't really love Cameron in general, but love Cameron in Paid in Full. I also love Mackay Pfeiffer as an actor. Paid in Full is one of my favorite movies. William is not in Paid in Full. So she had to send me a clip. William is the uncle, paid in full, been out forever in a day. So if I spoil it, I do. He's the uncle that took the baby. I watched the clip. I didn't recognize William's face. I recognized his voice. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I didn't hate him like, you know, like how we hate Danny Glover because of color purple. I didn't hate him like I hated Danny Glover for years. What's the lady from Lean On Me? Joe Clark was trying to get the school together. She kept trying to get him fired. Her. I held a grudge against that woman for years because she was so damn good at her job. I would have felt the same way about William. You took the baby. Oh, we have a lot of TV news this week. Gilded Age is back. Well, not back yet, but it's coming back end of October. I think it's October 29th. I will probably recap it. That's my show. Mrs. Russell and the new money. 
one of my really good friends was like, I don't understand why you like the new money. And she was like, the old money has standards. The old money has ways. The new money people just have no integrity. They're just throwing their money around. And I was like, I always root for the underdog. Is Mrs. Russell really an underdog? If her fortune is greater than all those women put together? I was like, Mrs. Russell don't mean no harm. All she wants to do is twirl with the big dogs. They won't let her twirl. So now Mrs. Russell's about to make their lives hell. They're about to feud over an opera house. (laughs) I love this shit. (laughs) I love the ball gowns. I love the sets. I love the pettiness. I love the wealth. I love everything about that show. The Peggy, the black chick. I love the Peggy. I love her in real life too. She's like about that life. She was doing a presentation at an award show. She's from Florida. Did she call DeSantis a Klan member? Let me look this up. I want to make sure I got the quote right. I'm pretty sure. Danae Benton, Ron DeSantis. She called him the Grand Wizard at the Tony Awards. <laughs> when I was doing recaps for the show last season, she reached out to me and she was like, I just want you to know. She's like, all the black people on the show read your reviews. We have a group chat. And I was like, are you serious? What an honor. Sally Richardson, Whitfield. What exactly does she do for the Gilded Age? Is she, she's not a writer. I think she's a producer. Or is she a director? Hold on, I'm looking this up. Sally Richardson, Sally Richardson, Whitfield. She's married to Dondre. The actress. She's a director and executive producer on the show. She another one who low-key keep a job. She has an overall deal with HBO. But she does The Gilded Age, and then she also does Winning Time, which couldn't be more different. The Winning Time is actually back on HBO. They didn't really promo it a lot. Or maybe they did, but none of the actors can promote it because of the strike. I was logging on to Max to watch Sex in the City, and then I saw Winning Time new episodes. And I was like, I saw no commercials. I saw no marketing whatsoever for this show. And they put a ton of money into that show. But it's really good this season. I mean, it was really good last season. The guy they have playing Magic and then Norm Nixon's actual son is playing him in the show. He's so good as his dad. I think they're on, they might be on episode four. I think there's a new episode. What's today, Friday? No, I watched the new episode this week. I think it comes out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Don't quote me on that. I don't recap everything that I watch, obviously. But if you want a good show to watch and you're not watching Winning Time, it's, it's worthwhile. The Cookie and Magic storyline alone is absolutely insane. But all the behind the scenes nonsense with the Lakers, I'm not old enough to remember any of this stuff. It's so much drama. I'm amazed the Lakers ever won anything. There's so much drama behind the scenes. So many egos, so many conflicts. Hell to live, but amazing television. What else is on my list? Winning Time, Gilded Age. You know, I'm putting together a list of things that I want to do when I get back to the States. This is how I know I might be a little bit homesick. Lauren Hill is celebrating the 25th anniversary of Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And she's going on tour, which I kind of feel like Lauren Hill stays on tour. I feel like she's been perpetually on tour for like at least two or three years now, if not longer. Touring is how most artists make their money, so I'm not mad at her. But like, you know, she has a reputation for not being very timely. I mean, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill is one of my favorite albums. It's one of those, those albums that sort of changed me. I popped my acrylics off. What is it? It was either my sophomore or junior year of college. I ain't worn acrylics since. Straight hair like Europeans, nails done by Koreans come again. I ain't had a long straight weave since. 
it's not solely because of the Lauryn Hill album. The nails thing is, but it just kind of flipped the switch in terms of my consciousness, I guess. I put some nappy hair in my head. I'll do a straight bob. That's only because I don't want to cut my hair though. But long, long straight hair, I barely even wear my hair straight. That's just a personal choice though. That's not shade for people who do or for people who do long weaves or wigs or whatever. Like I don't have judgment about that. It's your hair. Do what you want. It's just I'm expressing my thoughts about my hair on my head. Just for clarity, in case people are like, oh my God, she's like weave shaming. And I'm like, I, I just want to be clear. Sometimes I feel like folks go out of their way to intentionally misunderstand me. Comes with the territory, but let's not be unnecessary with that one in particular. Black women in hair is a very sensitive subject. I'm fully aware. Although it need not be. But what it need not be and what it is, two different things. That said, I'm thinking about getting tickets to the Lauren Hill show. Which I'm like, is that insane? Because I know she's not going to show up on time. And I know I'm going to be aggy that she's not going to show up on time. And then also I know she can't perform the album as the album actually came out because of the lawsuit from forever and a day ago. I know this, but I still kind of want to go. I saw Lauren Hill once. She was performing at King's Theater in Brooklyn and tickets sold out immediately. I couldn't find them online. This was like 2016, 2017. But my friend at the time was working the tour for Lauren Hill. He was like, I can't pull you into the show. I don't have clout for it. But I can get you to the sound check. And I was like, I'll take it. It was me and him sitting in the back of the theater and watching Lauren Hill perform. He only let me do it for maybe 15 minutes. I was banned from recording anything. No audio, no video. My then husband was with me at the time. He wouldn't even let him come in. But I sat in the back of the theater for 15 minutes and watched her do her thing. And I was like, yeah. I know in hindsight, the Miseducation album is kind of all over the place. Some of the things Lauren was singing about. Like, (laughs) I saw something the other day. Gen Y has gotten a hold of the Miseducation album and the Young Millennials. And they were like, yo, Lauren Hill's a wild girl. You made a love song (laughs) to someone else's husband on one track and then two or three tracks later you're shaming women for acting like hard rocks when they really are a gym come again you got a lot of nerves sis how you make a whole love song about somebody else's husband put it on an album and win a grammy for it (laughs) and i wanted to be mad (laughs) because like i'm protective of lauren hill and this album had such an impact on my life and i was like you know what (laughs) I can't argue with them. I don't have a solid argument. I'm going to just sit here and eat my food. (laughs) It was a good song though. But it was kind of (laughs) trifling. She was also like in her early 20s. Like people don't make the best decisions. I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just acknowledging that her age, some immaturity could have an effect on her choices and decisions at the time. But I was like, I want to argue. I want to defend. But like, I don't, I don't have a defense. You know what I really wish? I don't know. And I haven't been to a concert. So somebody tell me, does Lauryn Hill perform anything from the Unplugged album? Which I love the Unplugged album more than I love Miseducation. I can still quote them both in their entirety. I wore out the Unplugged album. Like wore it out. Also think I was depressed at the time. Anytime I start playing the Unplugged album and I mention it online, my former assistant who knows about the Lauryn Hill depression thing, Naima will hit me up and be like, you okay, sis? We need to talk. Is everything good? (laughs) I'm laughing. It's not really funny. But yeah, it's always like, it's a sign. Sometimes. 
Other times it's just, you know, moving through the streams of your lifetime. Like shit gets overwhelming and hectic. I'm still shocked like her team let her put that album out. It's a beautiful album. Like it's very raw, but it's also very clear that she was not in a good place. I just hope, you know, somebody checked on her and was like, you okay, sis? She was with Rohan at the time. She had like a million kids with him. Maybe she was having postpartum depression. I don't know. I don't know. Dealing with a Marley by all accounts is just a lot. So I don't know. I hope somebody asked her, like, you okay, sis? Because listening to that album is like a full-fledged adult. I'm like, she probably wasn't in the best space. I ain't trying to diagnose the woman. I'm just saying, like, off-key, the guitar and the voice, you know, her soul was in it. Lauren Hill can actually sing, but she sound like me when I sing. I can't hit all the notes on Miss Education. I can hit all the notes on the Unplugged album, though. I'm just saying. <sighs> I'm kind of sober, just FYI. I had wine with lunch. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Even when I don't tell people, baby, like, oh, you had a little sip before you recorded today? Okay, we could tell. <laughs> There's other stuff going on. Like this Halle Bailey alleged situation. We had a little kiki about it on one of my Facebook pages last night. There are rumors that Halle Bailey is pregnant by her degenerate boyfriend who acts like he fucking hates her and publicly embarrasses her nonstop. We've talked about this before. I'm not going to rehash it. He posted a video, which of course he did, where she is in the background and she looks very pregnant. For whatever reason, she seems to be madly in love with him, which I've been young. I've been dumb. I've been not young. I've been dumb. I, I get it to a degree. I'm just like, sis, like just the pregnancy. Don't tie yourself to this nigga forever. This is none of my business. It has absolutely no effect on my life. I just don't want to see a young woman. Like her life won't be destroyed. She has Disney money. She'll be fine. But like, I look at this situation with Kiki Palmer and her child's father. And I have no idea what's going on with them, nor again, do I need to know. But like, you know, how he left out there and publicly embarrassed her. Hallie's boyfriend been doing this all along. It ain't gonna get no better just because she has a kid with him. I think of people like, because this is currently in the news, but Halle Berry has been going through a divorce for literally eight years. It just got finalized earlier this week. She has been in a divorce and custody battle with this man for eight years two years of that shit literally drove me insane like I was I was insane I had shingles before I left I got sciatica during a divorce all stress related I've had neither shingles nor sciatica since the divorce was finalized in 2019 it literally took two years I would be crazy and if I wasn't crazy already the divorce settlement would have sent me over the edge Halle Berry and her ex-husband of two years have a child together She's worth about $90 million. I think he's worth like $30 million. She's paying him $8,000 a month in child support, which, okay, this is for this one kid. She's also paying a white dude a crazy sum of money. But okay, focus on this. She's paying him $8,000 a month in child support. Plus, she has to pay for, I want to say, all the tuition, all the extracurricular activities. There was something else that was insane. Hold on. I'm reading this on People. People report, this is two days ago, they settled their divorce and custody agreement according to documents obtained by People. Barry will shoulder the cost of her son's private school tuition, uniforms, and school supplies. 
as well as any extracurricular activities. She agreed to pay Martinez back for any of these costs for the 2023-2024 school year. What, 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 is, what is he paying for? She's paying for all this. What is, what is he paying for? This is the part that got me. She going to pay this man. This is part of child support. This is not alimony. Because when I thought it was alimony, I was like, alimony for two years? For two fucking years? Barry will also pay Martinez. People put this in quotes in case readers misunderstood. 4.3% of any income she receives above $2 million. It's 4.3% in additional child support. Are you fucking kidding me? This man is making a percentage on her wages? It's one thing, okay, 8,000 child support, pay some school fees. It's not ideal, but like, okay. An additional percentage on top of the 8,000 on top of the other shit? I'm mad about this shit. Like, it's my money. The percentage has pushed me over the top. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? No. No. No! He was fine, though, but he ain't worth this shit. She paying child support on two different niggas. This ain't the kind of equality we was asking for. This is it's highway robbery. I say all this to say, I don't want Halle Bailey in this situation. She is way more popular and makes way more money than her boyfriend. I do not want her in this situation. What Halle's paying out to her ex-husband is not even alimony. It's all child support. If she is pregnant, she could fuck around having to do this with DDG. Sending this man percentage of her Disney money. Oh, oh it's, it's unbelievable. This is when I need to be doing the podcast on video. Because I'm sitting up here looking like a full auntie with my silk caftan on. <laughs> clutching imaginary pearls in full outrage about this situation. For Halle Bailey and for Halle Berry. It's too much. I know the male podcasters are having a field day with that Halle Berry story. And her having to run that man so much money. Speaking of which, remember the podcast I talked about at the end of last week's or the end of Tuesday's episode, the one that has been demonetized? You know, they sent me a letter asking me to appear on the show. I responded, no, thank you. That's it. Just no, thank you. No need to be rude. No need to be disrespectful. But they asked me to appear on the show. And I was like, no, thank you. You can read between all the lines that you want on that. Last but not least. Sex in the City, I did a recap on my social media pages, so I won't rehash everything. But there were three things on the show that I really just wanted to highlight. Or maybe four. The first being, it's getting a season three. I knew before I watched episode 11, which is just a weird number of episodes. If I hadn't known the show was already renewed before I saw the finale, with Carrie with all the friends gathered at her old apartment for a dinner party and everyone going around the table saying what their word was, I would have thought that was, you know, the end. But they're doing a season three, which for some characters holds great promise. I'm excited to see, because I'm obsessed with Nicole Ari Parker. I'm excited to see what happens with her character, LTW. I like the direction that Charlotte went in this season. She had a great character arc from... I don't know which episode it was where she's running out in the snow trying to get condoms for her daughter to lose her virginity. And fast forward to episode 10 where she comes home drunk and and goes off on everybody. She was like, I am more than just your mother or your wife. Like I had a life before all of you and I'm going to continue to have one. Like, thanks. And then episode 11, Harry came, comes to her and was like, I can't do it all. Like I'm doing everything. And, And she was like, you were doing a small smidgen 
of everything that I've done on my own since these children came along. Basically, suck it up and stop complaining. Are you serious right now? I love Harry, but he was very, like, extra male on that one. I was like, sir, sir, you had to leave work to go pick up a notebook. Charlotte ran out in the snow looking for condoms. It's the least you could have done. Naya, Gary Dordan, a.k.a. Shaza, he will always be Shaza to me. I've been crying the whole season because they connected either episode one or episode two. He hit on her and she still had her ring on. But he turned out to be the Michelin chef that was preparing the meal for Carrie's party. So they reconnected. I want her to have not even love in her life. I mean, if that's what happens, so be it. I just want the lady to have a storyline. She's a great character. They just never like do anything with her. Miranda getting a higher profile professionally. It seems like she's going to start dating this new chick who's in her field. Hmm. Not excited about it, but not mad at it. Che, I don't care. I like Che. I think Che is beautiful. It does not surprise me that so many people on the show are so viscerally attracted to her. I totally get it. She just, she don't, she just don't do it for me on the show. I think what the issue is, is there's just too many characters. Like, I appreciate what the show is doing and bringing in more diversity because the whiteness of Sex in the City was a huge complaint about the show. So in the reboot, I'm, I'm glad that they addressed the concerns, but I just feel like it's so many people on the cast that they rarely get a chance to have fully fleshed out stories. Seema, LTW, and Naya are very compelling characters. You're trying to tell a story about seven different people, and it's not even an hour-long show. Like, each episode is somewhere around 40 minutes. It's just, there's so much to pack in, and I feel like the character storylines never get the fully fleshed out treatment that I think they deserve. Seema's storyline, her waiting five months for the dude that can't even get off the phone when he's sitting in front of her, good luck with that. People are like, oh my God, I want Seema to have love. I want Seema and this guy to work. I want Seema to have love. I want Seema to have love with somebody who actually fulfills her. I don't want her to wait 50 some odd years of life to just settle for a dude who can't even put his phone down around her. And I get it. Like he's a director. He has like a big job. There's a lot of moving pieces. He's just not in a place where he has time for her. When he was like, I've solved the problem, you move to Egypt. She would be moving to Egypt, giving up her job and sitting at the hotel or shopping all day, whatever, while he's off doing whatever. And when he came home, he would still be on her phone. I totally respect it when she was like, I'm not giving up my life for you. Like, I live in New York. I work in New York. I have my own job. Like, no, I'm not going to Egypt for five months. But I hope she ain't sitting around twiddling her thumbs waiting for him to come back. Because what does she actually get when he comes back? Last but not least, our friend Carrie. Okay, that's more than four things. But I had a lot on my mind with this show. The writers, (laughs) they killed off Carrie's husband. She went back and forth with this man for the better part of her 30s and 40s. Was married to him for 10 years. He finally married her after standing her up at the altar. He makes the grand gesture to come to Paris and retrieve her from the Russian. They finally marry. They're together for 10 years. They bring the show back and they kill this man off. Literally in the first episode. And, and then in season two, they bring back Aiden, which I wasn't excited about. And then when Aiden came back, I got butterflies at the way she smiled at him and the way he hugs her and he pats her hair. He has very romantic tendencies. She genuinely does seem happy with him. She did the most for him and he seemed happy with her. But the writers really brought this man back for half a season only for him to declare in the final episode. <laughs> I have to go back and focus on my family 
My ex-wife has always been in and out. I'm the stability. Which if he said, I can't do this, even after she went and bought this house for her and him and his family, because he wouldn't come upstairs at the place that she was currently living. She sold a whole New York apartment and bought a whole bigger New York apartment, big ass place, to make it convenient for him and his children. He ain't put no money down. If he had told her, I have to focus on my son and I don't want you to wait for me. I'm going to free you to do whatever you want to do because I need to focus. But the ask for her to wait five years and then he was like kept making that snap motion but not actually snapping. Nigga, what? <laughs> five years? Five years? I was outraged that the dude said five months to see him. I was like five months is a long fucking time. A lot happens in five months. Five years? You could get whole married and divorced in a matter of five years. Ask me how I know. Five years? Five years? Nigga. <laughs> this lady is 56 years old. You are also in your mid to late 50s. Five years? Yo. The other part that got me, right? Carrie was like, all right, so so this is the situation. You need to be present for your kid. You were coming up here every other week. Look, I could come down there. Like, I could be with you and the boys. Like, we could make this work. You were making the effort, so now I can make the effort. Let's figure out ways to figure this out. And he was like, nah, let's not do that. Five years? I can't believe he said that shit. I can't believe he said that shit. Five years. It'll go by in a... And a nigga would snap. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Fuck Aiden. Fuck him. <laughs> Yo, this show is ruining these characters. It is ruining these characters. Also, they done took like the single girl icon and turned her into a fucking cat lady. Carrying that goddamn cat. <laughs> Samantha. We didn't talk about Samantha. I want to know how much they paid Kim Cattrall. I saw on the cut, they said it was like 72 seconds. It wasn't even a full minute and a half that she was in the show. I'm glad Kim Cattrall, because she really don't fuck with SJP. I'm glad that, like, the head of HBO called her and was like, so we, we need to see you on this show. Like, it's imperative. They had to cut the check, which I said from the beginning. I was like, you want the lady on the show? Give her a number that makes her say yes. Everybody got a price. Give her a number that makes her say yes. Apparently, they did. I'm glad she got her check. But I was also like, this is useless. I was happy to see her. I love Kim Cattrall. I love Samantha, one of my favorite characters. And people were like, oh my God, I want Samantha to come back for season three. Allegedly, she's supposed to. And I was like, so what, now we're going to have eight characters to follow around? I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it faithfully, and I'm probably going to write about it every week, but it's probably going to be a hate watch. The only character I really like who's consistently good, and I'm just like, we need more, is LTW. One of my really good friends watches this show, and he hits me every week. And he's like, she does rich very well. Very well. Agreed. They need to give her, her husband, and them kids a whole spinoff. I need like a full 30 minutes of LTW every week. Okay. That's not everything. It never is. There's always too much. But that's what we got. And it's starting to get loud outside. So, all right. Talk. Talk Tuesday. Bye.